Hello, folks, and welcome to the She Who Dares Wins podcast. This week, my guest is Ellie Hart, who was an apprentice carpenter and things she's learned from moving into management. Ellie was actually on the first season of this podcast, and she has a really interesting perspective on her industry and how to manage people. So I welcome the opportunity to chat to Ellie once again during COVID lockdown, catch up with her and see what's been going on with her life and the things that we can learn from her progression, her job. And the reason why I wanted to come back to you was because like, I catch your feed and it's, I mean, I don't know what's going on with the Instagram algorithm, algorithm stop shrinking um but yeah every now and again like you disappear off the radar and and then you you pop back in and i'm just yeah like your continuity of stuff that you do but also you're still sticking to that blueprint of you can pretty much like if you went back through your instagram see your whole journey from start to finish but in so much detail and i think that's incredible like for someone coming through you know even the technical side of things i mean i don't know much about a lot of the stuff that you talk about but it's it's fascinating it really is so um yeah it's interesting to watch your journey come through and and that's yeah that's why i wanted to get on today is just have a chat with you and talk about the management side of things because that's something that i dipped into and we'll probably have similar experiences and i think a lot of people out there will be thinking okay yeah maybe i want to step up into management how does this go you know what's the journey like yeah, for sure. That's a that's a brand new area for me because uh, I've just recently transitioned into this role, and I just feel like I'm so lost every day. Not lost in the sense that in a bad way, but just it's it's very overwhelming, and I feel like you know maybe I'm taking it the job a little too seriously in some ways. I get told that I need to just relax a little bit, you know, but I do see it as like a, a big responsibility being looking after people. So I'm I like it's like well what do I need to know to do this job well? And where do I get that information? And those are some of the questions that I've been asking and not have not been able to find the answers to them very easily. Okay. So just taking a step back then. So from you um, being an apprentice and then getting qualified, the step up then for you has been quite quick. Am I right? Uh, yeah, I guess you could say that. It's you know, for the industry to be a relatively short time frame, I went from apprentice carpenter to lead carpenter to assistant site super within four years yeah that's pretty quick progression yeah yeah so you do you feel like you kind of found your footing and then it was on to the next step or was it kind of a natural progression in that you felt ready for it how did how did the positions come about so I think it's just the circumstances of the environment that I was working in where we all wear a lot of hats. We don't have, for, this, for the kind of jobs that we do, we don't have a very uh, top-heavy system. So we have our PM who also wears the hat of a project coordinator, who wears the estimating hat, who wears the superintendent hat. And then you have everybody on the team below him who also takes on multiple duties. So as time went on, I sort of, you know, and took on more of these responsibilities without really knowing what I was getting myself into, <laughs> looking at it now. And I realized, you know, like, it's like I was auditioning for a role that I didn't really know that I actually wanted. Right. So I was taking on, you know, duties of a, like a site supervisor without realizing that A, I wasn't being paid for it. Yeah. And B, I wasn't getting the training for it. I was just kind of thrown in there and left kind of like left to my own own devices to deal with it. It was a good learning experience, but it was very, very overwhelming. I think that's, do you know, I completely relate to that. And I think that's something that the construction industry suffers from. It's sometimes, yeah, and especially small companies, like as engineers. So engineers used to do one job, which was go out and set the job out. And that was it. And then health and safety crept in. And then can you get a site manager's certificate so that if the site manager hmm, is off site, you can take over and you could, and it's like, yeah okay so you get all these certs and and you and and oh do you want to just learn out how to learn material how to order materials and do takeoffs and I don't know how you felt but I started taking on these jobs and thinking this is great it's exciting I'm learning you know different things these are opportunities but then there comes a point when you sit back and you think hold on I'm wearing like all these different hats is this right I'm not getting paid for it um Mm -hmm. and I always think the construction is just like suck it up 
just like it just, is so true just look it that up it really is the cult the culture is just suck it up and it's hard to talk about because it sounds like you're whining about being promoted yeah 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 but sometimes most of the times it doesn't come with any like financial gain like I, i've been in a position where i've looked at it and think i've just run the site for like a week two weeks three weeks whatever since someone's been away there's no financial gain for that and the more you no. show capability the more rain they give you and the more responsibility is is what right. i found over here i, re- I realized at some point that you know like i'm not doing it for the money it's not about the money however i think that they were they they knew that i would always want to do the best job that i could yeah and that i was personally invested in making sure that the job ran well even just for my own sanity and so i think in a sense that not intentionally but they made the most of that. They took advantage of that part. Yeah. And I put an end to it. I was like, I'm putting my foot down at the end of this job. On the next job, I want to raise. I want a clear outline of what my responsibilities are going to be. And I want to make sure that we have that conversation because I just feel like I'm taking on more and more things without having a proper discussion about what, what's expected of me, first of all. Right. And, and what the goal is here. And was that a scary thing It's so chaotic all the time. Oh, madness. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It was, it was a scary thing to do because I, I was basically going in and, and giving constructive feedback without knowing how it would be received. I think it's so common for, you know, this industry to be so like cowboyish and not, you know, it's just like the focus is on just getting the work done at whatever cost. Yeah. And I didn't want to keep putting up with that. I, I felt like it was taking a toll on my mental health. Mm-hmm. And I had that stone chat with, uh, with management. It was like, things have to change around here. And they, were, they, they, were, they received it better than I thought that they would. Mm-hmm. A part of me thought I'd get fired for, for saying the things that I said. Uh, but a part of me was also hoping that they would, they would actually listen. And they did. And see the value. Did you ever think, because I've had similar situations in the past and I've given like two or three chances and it's fallen on deaf ears. So I've moved. Did you, did, yeah. were you ever at the point where you were like, mm, if this doesn't go the right way, I have, I'm going to move or. I think that you know, like my personality type is not, it's, it's hard for me to go in somewhere. Cause when I do join a company and it was the same thing when I joined the company I'm with now, I do my research. I make a point of going out to the job site, meeting the people who am I going to be reporting to? I want to shake their hand. And I want to be able to see the kind of work that they're doing in the environment that I'd be working in. And so I made that effort before I joined this company. So moving for me is really hard to do because I, I don't just join a company for the job, like the environment and the culture is really important to me. And I know that's not easy to find, especially in this industry, Yeah. Yeah. especially as a woman. So Mm -hmm. I think like, like I have that sense of loyalty to this company. They've been good to me. And so, um, a part of me feels this obligation to want to stick it out and see what can come of it as stressful as it does get. Mm-hmm. It's like, at what point do you realize that it's not worth it anymore? Yeah. I'm still figuring that part out. But I'm guessing like the hardest thing there is if the culture generally is quite good within a company, sometimes you look at everything that's going on and you think the grass is definitely not greener on the other side, but it's equally frustrating because you're not getting what you want from the company that you're with even though they're super supportive or they're doing the very best they can in different areas and I think that's a real struggle because I think nobody kind of has it nailed down in in any company I've been probably similar to you loads of different companies and they've all got the good and bad points and it's about choosing because you have to because there's no one that's got an amazing culture it's choosing one that fits and like you say how far do you go before you look at your mental health and think I you know I cannot do this anymore I I I, I was um a company that was very toxic and I kept on because I had to for financial reasons and it was just at the time when I was doing my um, project manage I stepped up to project management um, so I feel like I felt like I couldn't leave because it was the first time doing it I wanted to see projects through but it wasn't until I left that I realized holy crap that was like the worst toxic culture to be part of yeah um, you become numb to it in a way yeah. yeah 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 it just kind of like it's it's good in a sense like you feel like you've developed a thicker skin but it's also not good because that thin skin is what enables you to feel what you feel every day yeah I'm not ashamed of being soft or weak I don't see that as being a negative thing um I think it's a positive thing especially in construction 
when nobody talks about their feelings to have that intuition and be able to feel like the vibe of the team. Mm -hmm. Cause that's what makes us human. And I think so often we forget that part, we get treated like robots and machines and there's like no consideration for our own goals and aspirations. Yeah. So that's, that's something that I'm really trying to push for um, Mm -hmm. at the moment, little changes here and there that I think will benefit the team as a whole. And also therefore hopefully have a positive effect on the culture of the company Mm -hmm. and perhaps further away um, down that tree throughout the rest of the industry. If we all just did one little thing every day, oh, man. make a difference. Yeah. I think it would really help. So what what kind of what when you initially kind of made this shift, you've got the all the things that you've got to learn straight off the bat that that's hard anyway, the job in itself. And then and then all the extra external things going on, say like culture, etc. So stepping up, what's been hard for you in, in this next step? Is it the emotions and feelings of, of wanting to be good at the job, but not having the tools to do so in, in some respects? Or what's it been like for you? What have been your biggest struggles? There's quite a lot, actually. I struggle with being uh, put in charge of my peers, people who I don't really feel like I have, I shouldn't be in the position that I'm in to be the, the leader of the crew in that sense. Mm-hmm. I struggle with that part because I know not everybody is super pleased about that, but they've been supportive in the sense that they can see that it will be good for the team, that it will make a difference to have somebody else having eyes on things that management hasn't been able to do. So I think it, like they're, they're torn about it as well because there are, you know, like it's essentially I have guys who have four times as much experience as me who are now reporting to me. Mm-hmm. And you can only imagine what that must be like. Oh, yeah. I've, I've yeah. And, and when you, <laughs> when I was doing it, I didn't look very old either. So it's kind of like uh, the looks that you get. Uh, yeah. And, and you have to prove yourself. Like you have nothing in that situation. And I don't know how you feel, but there was a lot of times where I didn't know anything. And I was at kind of like the beck and call in terms of their knowledge. And that's an that's one thing that we, I guess we can come on to. But all those feelings that you have, I can completely relate to. Um, you're staring, yeah. you know, you're, you're trying to tell a guy who's done something for like 30, 40 years, day in, day out. So how did you, like, are you still overcoming those feelings? Or do, do you think those feelings are warranted? Are people telling you, look, it's just in your head? How are you dealing with that now? I have good days and bad days. Um, there are days when... You know, like I, I just, I feel like I don't have my shit together and I will get flustered. There's just so much going on on site and it's just like, I feel like I'm struggling to keep up and I'll get, I'll be short with my coworkers. I'll get impatient right. and I'll get exasperated at having to explain something or because something didn't get done the way that it was supposed to. And, and then afterwards I, you know, like at the end of the day, when I get a chance to just take a breath. Because in this industry, I feel like so often you don't even just get a chance to take five minutes. I don't get lunch breaks anymore. Like, you know, like I feel like the only time I can actually concentrate on something without being interrupted with questions is to do it during everyone's lunch breaks, right? Yeah. So I end up either like taking lunch really late or I just, some days I just, I don't, I'm I'm so like stressed out that I don't want to eat at all, which is bad. I know. And I'm not, I'm not trying to get into a habit of that, but um, my coworkers, they see that like I'm putting in the effort and that my heart's in the right place. Like I'm, I want to make it better for everybody on the team. Yeah. So, you know, they'll get cranky with me sometimes, but like I'll pull them aside and I'll just have that conversation with them. You know, I know today was really tough and I asked a lot of you and I'm sorry if that, you know, didn't make you feel good. Mm-hmm. And, and you know how guys are often they'll just brush it off and be like, Oh yeah, oh, yeah it's all good. It's all good. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't negate the fact that I felt like I didn't treat them the way that I would want to be treated. Mm-hmm. And that's been a challenge for me. So having that communication has been really important. And my coworkers will even, like I got a message the other day from a coworker saying, hey, look, um, I know it's really tough being in the middle. So, and I appreciate what you do. Because he sees that struggle that, that, I'm, that I'm feeling. And it's a new dynamic for us as a team to have me there in charge of the crew. So that's something that it's been a learning curve for all of us. But I'm also so just, I'm just, I'm frustrated with the system itself, the whole way that the industry works, yeah. the fixed price contracts. It just doesn't, it's not conducive to the kind of environment that I think would have such a big impact on, on all of us. It's important for anyone listening that is not in construction. Don't get me wrong. There are other stressful jobs out there, but construction is highly stressful. 
and it is incredibly dangerous as well and I think what you perfectly said there was was the reason why I got out of management I don't want to put you up here (laughs) so I think you're doing all right I'm gonna hear it now what is it (laughs) you've got to stick with it (laughs) but the reason why I got out was because you, you might relate to this is as an engineer when you turn up you're working alongside the other guys and you're wanted and you're needed like if, if you don't set the pegs out or put the lines down, they can't build anything. They don't know where to go. So you're there to work alongside them and help them. Stepping up into management, everybody hates you. Like whether that's kind of in your head or not. But in my mind, it was because it was just like, it's a thankless job. Um, and we'll, come, we'll kind of come back to this. I think this is where, there's, where this, things can change. Um, but I always felt like it was, it was emails and like from above, it was like, get this job done on time, get this job on budget, on budget. but then your hands were tied, like the, the pricing's all wrong, like the health and safety, they're like, oh, we've got all this health and safety set out uh, and you must do it by the book. And then as soon as it's going to cost money to make some guy safe doing the job, it's like, well, just get down in that 30 foot hole with no shore in and it doesn't matter if it falls in this job's got to be done today. And it's just so many contradictions. And that was so frustrating. And the guys that I worked alongside, even though they had respect for me in the job and we were battling through together, I could just see the enjoyment of me and the relationship that I had with them was changing. And and I think you can't, I had to sit back and think it's going to change because you're now a manager. So you've either got to go with it and like it or step back down. Um, And for me, I think it was a point where I was just like, you know, I'd love engineering and, and don't get me wrong. The flip side is being out and getting dirty and muddy is possibly something that I don't want to do forever. But also the step up to management was just like, whew. and I think I was in the wrong company. Definitely. I think by the sounds of things you have, you know, there's a lot of probably issues within the company, but they sound like they have, or at least want to have the right culture, but it's an industry wide problem it's not just one company it's a culture of the whole industry and that's why I wish there were company directors that listen to these podcasts because they'd understand and and the one thing that you said there which is incredible is you pulled the guy aside and you talked about like feelings and I think that was the one thing that I saw when I was doing management the guys would work really hard and we perhaps wouldn't hit a deadline and I'd say look we haven't hit the deadline but thank you for working late. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for doing that. And I think the relationship started to shift a little bit and they were like, oh, actually, okay, she stepped up into management, but she cares about the job and she cares about us. And and don't get me wrong, when it's a busy day, stuff like that sometimes just goes and some men don't want to listen to it. They don't want to be treated like that. They can only work with the hardball shouting because that's what they used to. But imagine, so sad. I know, imagine if it doesn't have to be that way. Like you're, a colleague yeah. showed there, he reached out to you and was like, you know, I'm grateful for what you said and, and, and that supportive thing at the industry. Sometimes I think maybe it's not the men that are the problem. Maybe it's, it's the culture wide industry that they've been thrown into and become accustomed to for all these years. So yeah, yeah. I, I, I want to say, A, don't quit like me. <laughs> <laughs> and B, that culture change. Do you get frustrated that you, do you feel like you were trying to change the culture of a whole industry single-handedly by doing it through one company. Do you sometimes think, oh, why am I even doing this? I get, I just, I don't know what it's like. Like, I, don't, I can't say for sure that it's happening elsewhere in the industry. All I know is what I see every day at the company that I work for. And I see so much room for improvement. And it just makes me wonder if this is like this everywhere in this industry and in other industries too, where we feel so powerless to do anything about the culture that we've created. Yeah. And it seems like nobody wants to take responsibility for it. We all point at each other and say, well, you know, like it's just always been this way. So this is how it's always been done. So this is just how we always do it. And I'm like, that's not good enough for me. I don't want to just keep doing things for that reason. It's like we're living 50, 100 years ago. It's it's not. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense to me that we, we can see that it's not working. We can see how it's driving people out of the industry. We can see people are under so much stress because nobody cares for the mental well-being of the people who are doing the work mm. and the nature of the, the jobs, because it is so price driven, it's like all that matters is a bottom line at the end of the day. Are we going to meet the budget on schedule? Mm-hmm. And so it's like, well, when that's the number one priority, you, it's no wonder you've got people leaving the industry in droves because they don't feel like they add any value yeah. except for what they can do with their hands. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, like, I do get frustrated. It's, but I also, you know, try and set a good example for the guys. 
and I see little signs of progress every day. Right. And sometimes it's, an, it's one step backwards, two steps forward kind yeah. of thing. Right. So yeah. it's like, you know, it, it's, it definitely feels like a bit of a roller coaster ride at times, but I see the, the, the glimmer of hope there that kind of keeps me motivated. Right. Yeah. And keeps you going. I mean, you, you're like, yeah, I guess you're kind of near the start of this long, I would hope, journey in management and it is so hard, like having to learn everything. You mentioned at the start, like your frustration of wanting information. That's another key thing. Like I feel sometimes it is you're thrown into the deep end, no matter how many years worth of experience you've got and information just sometimes isn't there and, and you just expect it to crack on. Um, this really upsets me. It really does yeah. because I feel like when so often people get thrown into management positions because they're, they, they were capable at whatever they were doing and so they think, okay, we'll put you in a, in a leadership role, mm-hmm. but they don't equip you or don't make an effort to support you in that role. And they underestimate how much skill it takes to be a leader, yeah. to be a manager. I don't have those skills. I don't have that training. Mm-hmm. And, and I want that. I want that training. I want to be able to do that job well, because I don't, I don't take it for granted that, you know, if you do a bad job at this, you could really fuck with someone's life. Yeah. So I asked for that support. I was like, in lieu of a completion bonus for the last job, would you be prepared to support me so that I can go back to school and get some training in terms of construction management? And it's funny because like, I think a big reason why I ended up moving into um, this position so relatively fast is because I had some technical training during my apprenticeship. I learned skills by going to school that a lot of my coworkers did not have access to because they came up in the industry without that kind of opportunity. Right. So it's funny to me because they turn around and said to me, you don't need to go back to school. It's overrated. We'll teach you everything that you need to know. And they kind of like dismiss the whole school idea as being too disruptive. And it's like, well, you know, I wouldn't really, we wouldn't be having this conversation today if it wasn't for the fact that I did go to school and I learned some stuff. Yeah. And so I'm asking for the opportunity to go back and be able to do that. Yeah. So, but also they must understand there's no blueprint. They're not giving you the tools. So they must, they must need to understand that, like if they'd got a blueprint of, oh, we'll send you out with this guy. He's gone through these, um, you know, he's, he's learned this X, Y, Z, this is how you should be doing things. Then they'd have a, a strong case to not send you back to school, but there is no blueprint for leadership. I've never come across no. that in construction. No, um, there's no emphasis on that part at all. It's just, that's the part that really bothers me because I think in order to be a good leader, you need to know, you need to have the skills, yeah. interpersonal skills, communication skills, all the stuff that they don't teach you. Yeah. There's such an emphasis on what you can do like physically in terms of you, like your skill set for working in the trades, but that, what about the soft skills? Yeah. The stuff that really matters when it comes to leading some a crew, leading, being in charge of people. Yeah. Because I know in other industries, like when I was working in publishing, that was a thing. I was, there were courses available and the, the, the managers would make sure that you got the training that you needed to do a job well. So I know that this stuff happens in other industries where, you know, there's opportunities to get further education, continuing education to support you as you move up the ladder. Mm-hmm. But I have never seen that in construction. No, no, I, I, I don't think. Granted, my experience is limited to the companies that I've worked for, but I just, it just doesn't seem to be a thing. Yeah. I mean, I've worked for big companies, but only as freelance. I think some of the big companies probably invest a lot in external training. So people that come in and it's, it's short lived because it's like, well, the time you're spent away from site is a cost to the job. Therefore, you know, we'll, we'll, okay, we'll spend you on a one day course on how to manage someone, but you know, that's, is it really worth it? No, it, it's like you say, it's all the skills that I think take like 20 to 30 years worth of doing the job before you get them right. And so they're almost tying your hands and feet before you even start by not giving you kind of any skills um, mm-hmm. or anything to learn from, because I think you can also pick up bad habits. I found myself watching other managers and, you know, trying to find my feet by, you know, talking to a guy one day and then not getting anything out of him. So the next day shouting and trying that. And it just takes out so much of your energy because you're like, nothing's working. Yeah, but the does. reality is when you step back and you think, 
okay, what skills have I learned outside of this when I was in sales? And it's all about people at the end of the day. So I, you know, I started to learn more about NLP and different personalities and that really helped. It helped me key in uh, to different people and see what made them tick and, and how I could get them motivated to do the job. But you try, I felt like, I was trying to do all that and learn how to be a good leader. But at the end of the day, I had like 2% time to do that. And the rest of yeah, the Yeah, totally. It's the amount like, of effort that goes into it. Exactly. Yeah. It's not yeah. even guaranteed, right? Yeah. So that's the thing with this whole industry is like, we're so scared to try new things because it is labor intensive. It is risky. It, the results aren't guaranteed. And you're talking about people working physically, not, not just mentally, but physically, it takes a toll on you. Mm-hmm. So I get it. I get how the industry, you know, is, is very slow to change because of these factors. Um, so, you know, like it's, it's a question of, well, what can we do to, do to support everybody in the industry to, to do one good thing that will advance the industry to where we want to take it? And do you, do you believe that's possible? Like from what you've been doing and what you've been experiencing, do you think that it can be done, you know, on individual companies and as a culture whole, do you, do you think, and, 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 and how do we do it? That's a huge question. I know. <laughs> yeah, that's a loaded question. I do think that as an industry, we should all be taking responsibility for where we are. If we see problems on our respective job sites, what are we doing about it? Are we empowering the people that we work with to do the right thing? Because I think so often, like, you know, people will say things like, and they mean well and with good, we have good intentions, but they'll say things like, if you don't ask the question, the answer is always no. But that puts a burden of responsibility onto the people who have the least amount of influence. Yeah. It's like, as managers, we should be being proactive and, and making ourselves available to the people who report to us. Yeah. But so often it's like we leave it up to our apprentices and our laborers and, and people who are new and young in the industry to take on that, that burden when they shouldn't have to. Yeah. It should be up to us, those of us who are managers and leaders, to do that. Yeah. So what bothers me is when, you know, like, like I, I make a point of saying, like, if there's something you need to talk about, come and talk to me about it. There's, nothing's ever so urgent that we can't stop and talk about it for 30 seconds. You're right. And I think that, that's had a positive impact on the guys because I think so often nobody says anything. So they're just rushing without, they're rushing to, to, to be picking up their feet and moving without realizing, like they don't know why they're doing it. They don't know why they're doing what they're doing. Yeah. And I know I felt that. I felt frustrated in that sense too. It's like a lot of times in the beginning, I was like, I don't understand why I'm doing this, but it seems really important and really urgent. So I should just get a move on and get it done. <laughs> yeah. And I don't want that. I don't want to be the kind of manager who does that. Yeah. So like for me, it's like, let me draw you something so that you can understand why we're doing it. I think yeah. having that context is so important because you can take ownership of the work. You have that sense of achievement that feels real because you understood what had to be done there. But also that person then going on for that task to the next cast will realize why they're doing it. And it won't yes. be, it won't be that constant. Oh, I'm doing this again. I have no idea. It, it just makes sense, but it's always yeah. overlooked. It is. And I think so often, you know, and, and I get it. I know that a lot of times, you know, the project managers and the owners, they don't often always have the answers to the questions. And so the information gets drip fed down mm. as and when needed. And it's, it doesn't set us up for success in a way that we can feel good about. No. But, you know, that's, that's something that's well above my, my pay grade. I don't, it's something that I'm not, I haven't put too much thought into because all I see is what I see and I ask questions about it. I don't always get the answers that I'm looking for. But, and that's partly why I am pursuing a degree in construction management is to get a better understanding of the process, why, how those relationships work and what that means for, for those of us who are doing the work on site. And do you think like this information that these experiences you're having, are you feeding this back to higher management or do you feel like it would fall on deaf ears and like how, because that's another thing, isn't it? Is when you start a position, the last thing you want to be doing is going, oh, you know, this is wrong, this is wrong. And I felt like I was doing that. I thought, all I'm doing is moaning. But at the same point, if nobody ever steps up and says something, then nothing will ever change. Yeah. So that's one of the conversations that I did have with my with my PM at the end of the last job. And on this job now, it, I'm about six months into it. And we things are different. Like we have more regular meetings. And I make a point of bringing up concerns and issues and it's hard for me to do because I feel like I'm just adding more work to his plate when I'm supposed to be helping take it away. So when 
we do have those conversations. I'm just mindful of the fact that I don't want to be taking up so much time that it starts to become a burden for him. Yeah. And, but he has been receptive to it and he's always made a point of saying, um, you know, I appreciate you coming to me and speaking to me about it, which is good. We have this sort of like understanding where he knows that if I'm feeling anxious about something, I will say so. Like, That's even good. though I don't know why I'm feeling anxious, I'll, I'll just go to him and I'll say, this is making me anxious. I need you to help me understand why you made this decision. Mm-hmm. And, and he'll go into it, which is That's good. good. That's really good. Yeah. 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 That's but I, ha- I have to make a point of asking about it because right. he, he could, you know, it's like, well, where do you draw that line? Yeah. When you, how much information do you need to do the job at right now? Yeah. Before you feel like a burden and before you feel like, oh, they will just want me to crack on with the job. Like, you know, do they just yeah. get someone else in that will just do that no matter what? Yeah. And exactly. then the cycle starts again and nothing ever gets fixed. The culture stays the same. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It's like Groundhog Day. And I can relate to so much of the things that you're going through um, and have been through too. And it's, it is really interesting because I think it's really common. And I think there's a lot of fear. Um, a lot of women that are in construction that do want to go into management and there's, there's fear. And, and that's what I like about this podcast is that the honesty is there, you know, you can do it, but you know, there's also, there's a lot that comes with it and you've got to pick your battles and, and fight your way through. And yeah, it's tough. And I wish I had answers like the same as you. It's incredibly frustrating, but I think, I mean, what, how do you, for the tough days, you know, when you get up and you've had a bad day and you feel frustrated, how do you, how do you keep going to work? What is it that ultimately lifts you? Is it the joy of the job or is it working with the guys or is it seeing that you're making a difference? I think it's the, yeah, the possibility of making a difference that could have a positive impact on someone's life. Yeah. Like I make a point of saying thank you and and I know that when I, like in the last few weeks, like with this new sort of dynamic where um, I'm looking after a lot of the sub trades too, they can see that I'm making the effort and I communicate that this is important to me. So they, like there was one time when we had a whole bunch of steel beams and posts that we had to drag inside. And I didn't know that we had some guys helping us, but they also had other things to do. And I'd ask them if they could help us uh, get, these, get these in because ultimately it was blocking their path. And they're like, yeah, okay, we can help you out. But it was really heavy. It wasn't a job that they were expecting to do. And I could see that by, you know, the end of it, they were frustrated because that the fact that they had to be part of that wasn't communicated to them. Right. So the next day, the next morning, I went and spoke to them and I, and I said to them that, like, I apologize for not having that communication with them because I didn't know that they had other things to do. I sort of got one set of instructions and then they were getting another set of instructions and, you know, it just kind of wasn't quite meeting in the middle. And they were like, oh, no, 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 it's okay. Like, it's not your fault. And I just said, like, I want to make sure that I communicate that because that's something that I'm really working on here. And I want to be able to walk the talk there. And and they yeah. really appreciated that. So even though, like, I don't really know what it is that I'm apologizing for, I think it's so important to just verbalize it and be like, look, I just, I feel really bad about it or I'm, I'm, I'm nervous about this. And just having that sort of, like, being honest about it, like you said. Yeah. And I, I honestly feel like the last few weeks, they've been so much more receptive to any kind of like request on their part. And I'd like to think that that's because of that extra communication. Like they can see that I'm trying to do the right thing by them. Yeah. And they're going home feeling not so stressed out, not so frustrated because I do think so much of this absolutely like 100% comes down to the most basic of fundamentals and that is communication yeah and it's funny how we struggle with it I don't always get it right I know that for a fact and I wonder what why it is such a struggle to to communicate in a way that is effective and responsible on a regular consistent basis howdy folks I really hope you're enjoying this week's episode of the podcast if you've got time, head over to www.shewhodareswins.com where you'll find a ton of awesome merch, hoodies and tees. You'll also find a bunch of empowering and supportive content for you to soak up, not to mention the show notes for episodes like this one and information on how you can connect to us via social media and also join the private members Facebook group. Be sure to check it out. And in the meantime, let's get back to this awesome episode of the podcast. It's all like, I don't know, I don't know if you'd agree with this, but sometimes I feel like just a simple thank you or even like 
you know the situation that you were in where you you say I'm sorry you're not even sure what you're sorry for it's not all your problem but I feel like sometimes it's seen as a weakness and actually it's a strength like the communication of putting your hands up and saying you know I did something wrong or I didn't you know I didn't understand that you had another job to do it adds strength to the situation because people realize the reason why we react in a certain way. Um, and it's not just because something's gone wrong. There's, you know, the whole lead of stuff up behind it or that you've been told something else by management. And you're right, 100% is communication. Like I can think of so many jobs where we've done something and then it's been ripped out and the, gobs have, the guys have been really frustrated. Um, they spent time and, and hard effort putting something in and it's been ripped out all because information's not come through. And that one person that's had the information nine times out of ten doesn't want to say anything because they think it's a weakness to put their hand up and say, I'm sorry I had the information but I didn't come forward with it for whatever reason. They've got something going on in their own life. or And I don't know whether, would you agree that sometimes communication or owning up to something is seen as a weakness and it's kind of like actually I'm just going to blame other people or not say anything and let the situation kind of blow over which has a huge detriment to people's mental health it really does and I just imagine for a second that you have everybody who makes a mistake on any given day owning up to it right away just imagine that how much of a difference that would make yeah instead of this blaming that goes on and I know that that's something I look at it too. I, I struggle with it because I make mistakes all the time and I sit there and I think, well, what happened? And I think the natural tendency for us to do is to be like, well, this, this, that information wasn't passed down to me from that person yeah. or that was left out or whatever. So it's like, well, we look for reasons to pass the blame on, to absolve ourselves of that responsibility. But at the end of the day, I know that as a manager, it's not cool for me to go and blame my coworkers because they didn't nail that off and therefore we had an issue. Yeah. Like, like I think that leaders have, like it's a tough job because you have to take that on. Like you have to take on the mistakes of the crew. You have yeah, like to a team that. fails, you fail. Like I think I read a book by, oh, my brother told me to read it. It was by a Navy SEAL. And um, it's quite a famous book, I think. And, it, and it's basically like you cannot be a manager unless you, you take ownership for everyone who you manage is fuck up basically because they fuck up yeah. you fuck up and that's part of teamwork and yet in construction it just doesn't seem that way it seems really toxic it's kind of like you fucked up i'm gonna blame you your reputation is gonna be like done forever and it's a dog eat dog and it, it's horrible i mean even i think fear comes into it as well like i've i've messed up on jobs with levels and something's gone in and i thought oh my god that's the wrong level and that affects has huge knock-on effects and then you start thinking about financial stuff and you start panicking but nine times out of ten towards the latter part of my career owning up is the like the best thing to do because you can sort it then and there if you let the job carry on with those mistakes it ends up costing way more money but there has always been a fear factor and it's fear for me of of reputation fear of then people talking behind your back and saying well actually shit a job like don't get it back on again and fear of, of losing the job or the contract um, yeah. and yeah I can't see that changing until we shift the culture um, it's yeah it, it, it's hard I think I know people have said to me that I'm too hard on myself and I'm wondering if that can be said about you as well Michelle I think I to be, to be honest I think every single one of us like I think everyone that I speak to I think we all have the same yeah, the, the same, we, we kind of blame ourselves. We're stuck in this industry. We're on our own. Um, but I, th I think behind it, we all want to make a difference. And that's why we're so hard on ourselves because it's so hard to make a difference. Yeah. Um, Single-handedly, if we were all put on one project, then I think it would be a breeze. Um, yeah, I, th I think we are. And I don't, know, I don't know if you agree, Ellie, whether it comes down to this does, I hate, on some respect, even though I say it's she who dares wins, bringing gender into it. But we, I've worked with guys that are, you know, open and honest and they like to talk about a lot of things. But I don't know, just as a gender, whether we actually, and I'm starting to realize this, I, I believe it's true, that we can bring a softer side to construction that is needed, whether it be, communication lead I think leadership I like completely health and safety yes a lot of things just wouldn't you know wouldn't go down but only if we're given the right tools and the right culture because 
you can go in with all these intentions and these abilities, but I feel like over time they just get, you know, they get squashed down because you can't fight the battle every single day as well as do the job. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah. In answer to your question, sure. Yeah. I think I am hard upon myself and I don't think there's anyone on the podcast that isn't from a female perspective. And yeah. the reality I think is, it's, yeah, sorry. I think, I think it's important to have that self-compassion for yourself because mm. otherwise it will just eat away at you and it will be relentless. Yeah. So for this, I see that happening to me and I am mindful of it. I'm aware of it. And I try and, you know, have some self-compassion because it's not, like you said, it's not something that we can do single-handedly to yeah. change the culture, even just the culture of one company. It's, it's a deeply ingrained thing. Concrete is very much like culture is very much like concrete in my mind. It's like when it's wet, you can manipulate it. But once it's set, it's so hard to change. It's so hard yeah. to do anything to it. Like, so I don't see it as like me trying to take on the whole industry. It's me just trying to make a small difference in my little world and hoping that that has a knock-on effect that has a, that positively affects the people around me, the people that I work with, because it really does seem like nobody before them has ever given a shit. Yeah. It's just like, we're all a number. We're a cog in the machine. Yeah. Just that's, you're here to get, to get it done. And I don't need to hear about feelings or your goals and your dreams you're like that's not that's never been important yeah and I think that's such a wrong way to go about it it's like like we we complain that we can't find good people we can't find the right people with the right skills to do the job but I think we've brought that upon ourselves by not looking after the people who have come on and showed some potential it's like what are we doing as as managers to to support the people and retain that talent yeah realistically what are we actually doing yeah yeah, you're right. We're just blaming people and saying, well, where are they? Yeah. They always leave anyway, so why invest in them? Yeah. Well, maybe if we invested in them, they wouldn't leave. Yeah. Yeah, no, completely. And 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 also, I think the important thing to, to take on here as well is that not everybody can be changed, but yeah, you can have an effect on people. So I worked with uh, a few guys, again, when I was managing, and I had them on my project. They were subcontractors, but I got on really well with them. You know, I they were getting as much pressure as I was, and I made sure that I did everything in my way to help them out. Um, the guy that ran the company was his three sons, and he'd been taken for a lot of money in the past through jobs, and he was treated very poorly by the company that I was working for. And so I did my utmost to help the guys because at the end of the day, if I help them, they help me. And I ended up leaving that job. Uh, so three years now, I think. Yeah, three years. And weirdly way, because I don't know if you've had the same in Canada, but the construction industry is so tight knit that you are just bound to come across people that you've worked with previously. Yeah. And the guy that I worked for for the last two years has just left the company and he has gone to work for with another company and those guys are working with him and he phoned me the other day and he was like oh what like what did you do to these guys and I was like what do you mean he's like I'm working with um I won't mention names but so and so and so and so and he was like they absolutely love you and I I didn't think that at the time but and you don't because you've got you've got the chaos of the job and then you move on and you don't create you don't keep contacts and you don't call those people up and see how they're doing which probably you should do and that was just so nice to me. That was the point where I was like, this was like last week. He was like, oh my God, like they've, they said you're the best engineer ever. And, and I was like, okay, now they're just laying it on thick. But, um, <laughs> but they really appreciate it. Like, and, you, and that you're good at the job. And all, all the things I questioned, actually now I was looking back at it and thinking, yeah, you know, maybe I didn't give myself enough credit. And maybe obviously it had an impact. Exactly yeah. what, you're, what you said is you can have an impact, but sometimes you feel like you don't. And it's only till time passes that you realize you have and you can and I think that's really important for a lot of people the one thing that someone said to me recently which is really interesting was take stock and look at the situation not everything is within your control and I think that goes back to the similar one that perhaps you have which is you just want I want to change things and I want to help things and I want to move things forward but sometimes you've got to look at what's already there and what you're currently working with and sometimes that can be impossible not you can't change everything so look at the situation you're in and realize how that put what situation that puts you in if that makes sense and that's kind of a convoluted way to say it but look no at the i understand truth. what you're saying yeah yeah no absolutely there are those limitations 
like every job site is going to have a different set of circumstances and it's yeah i agree it's important to make sure that you're working within a framework of possibilities yeah um that makes sense yeah so where i'm at i feel like i'm doing things where it's not a, such a major thing that it's going to like uproot the whole it's not going to have a, a disruptive effect for, for lack of a better word there it's it's just little things here and there that I think do make a difference, have an overall positive effect on the, the mood and the morale of the crew. Mm-hmm. And that's important to me because I know how much it sucks to be thrown into the ditches and be like, just get it done yeah. without any sort of explanation as to why you're doing what you're doing. And that's something that I really don't want to be doing. So it's having those regular meetings and just being open and honest about you know, the conversations that you have about how you feel, because we don't really, really don't talk about feelings. I think in society in general, but especially amongst men, it's so taboo. There's such a stigma around it. But really, I think that by not talking about it, it just makes everything so much worse. You you suppress it and it comes out in like bursts of anger over here or you screaming at someone over there. Crying in the toilet. Yeah. (laughs) There's no running away from the feelings. No, No, you're right. And and it's important for us to say here that, it's not just if anyone that's out there saying, Oh, it's women, they're like so over emotional. Like we, we it's not it. it's not I see it on site every day. I see mental health of guys are struggling and they don't want like they're being bullied on site. They've got problems at home, they don't know how to do a job and they're struggling with the technical side of things. Like a guy that blatantly can't read and write, someone's asked them to fill out a form. Like all these things that you see on a daily basis make you want to scream up and shout to anyone that ever says it's women and emotional and that's why they're not in the job. No, if you look at the guys that are on site, like so many are struggling and, and it's not right. It's a, it's a culture that affects not, you know, even if women weren't in construction, this problem still exists. And I think construction has quite a high suicide rate here in the UK. Um, it does here is, too. Yeah. Which it's is not surprising. High, yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of that people, it's when you, like, I do see a connection there and it's like, well, I am like probably the least emotional person on the job side. I'm the only woman on the crew. Right. Like it's all bullshit when they say, oh, women are too they get over emotional. It's bullshit because I go in every day and everyone knows that I'm, I'm, I'm like, I have no emotions. People mm-hmm. look at me and think, Ellie, why are you so unhappy? It's like, I'm not, it's just my face every day. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but I'm serious. Like I don't know, I don't have those angry outbursts that some of my coworkers have. I don't I don't have those moments where I'm just like, oh I shit, I shouldn't have done that. Right. Like, I if anything, I'm kind of like on the opposite end of the extreme where I'm super like I just have a blank a slate for everything. Right. And I and I and I wear it down internally. And then I have to find a way to release it afterwards <laughs> away from the job site so it doesn't affect the people that I work with. And how do you do, how do you do that? Like you go and punch the crap oh, out of a boxing ring. We shouldn't talk about it on camera. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm saying, right? It's like, yeah. well, if, it has to come out at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So it's like we we shouldn't be afraid to talk about those feelings. And as managers, we should be promoting the environment so that it, it's safe for our employees to come to us and say, this is an issue for me, or I'd mm. like to talk about this. But I've, it's so rare for me, even outside of construction, for me to feel like it's safe to do that with any yeah. company. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, it's hard and it, and it takes time to build those relationships. The guys that, that I was on about previously, you know, said quite nice things about me. I was on a job with those guys and uh, there was a site manager who, I mean, these, these are big, burly ass guys, like. I, I can't even describe them. They're they're like what you just like biker kind of guys. You just wouldn't want to mess with them. And you know they got reputations. One of them had his jaw um, stapled together because he'd been in a fight at a weekend. And like these guys, yeah, they're just they've they've been around a bit and um, live live life, shall we say, politely. Uh, but they came to me and they said, "Look, we feel pressured every night because they were." going into digs with the site manager at the time and we feel pressured to drink with the guy and to gamble and what was happening is they were gambling away like they weren't on as much money as as the manager and they were gambling away quite a lot of money and and they felt pressured because they were working for him as a subcontractor 
to maintain that relationship and to gamble money. And it, it got to a point where they were gambling during the lunch break on site. And at first I kind of let it go. And then I realized it was like, dig, it was eating away into time of the job. Like it would go from 10 minutes to 20 minutes over the lunchtime and gradually. And it took for one of them to come to me and say, look, there's a problem. We feel pressured every night we go home and we're up till two in the morning. And then I was like, oh, okay. So that's why in the morning you guys take ages to get started because you're hungover. Probably drinking shouldn't be on job anyway, uh, but then you're gambling. So you've got that stress. And then the site manager has like something over you leverage, I guess. And he opened up about that and it kind of blew my mind because I could put all the dots together and realize why so many things on the job were going wrong. And then I could act on that information. But he was incredibly fearsome because a subcontractor, he could be, you know, released at any point in time. Um, But it was so interesting because in my mind, I was like, I almost said bullshit. I was like, look at the size of you. These four grown men here. Don't tell me you feel like you have to gamble at night. And then I took stock and I was like, actually, no, Michelle, just because visually you have this idea of what these guys are and should be like it doesn't match up with what they're telling you and and they've come and opened up to you so that should not be the response and luckily enough I didn't I didn't respond in that way but for me that was a point where I was like oh shit like people come to site and they get to work don't just judge and automatically think that internally they're strong and they haven't got other things that are affecting them and that's where it comes back to the communication but yeah I mean I've seen yeah I've seen grown men cry, come out of meetings, cry, and I've, I've had guys on the phone. Yeah, I've, I've seen guys come out of meetings and cry. I've had guys phone me, managers, and, and they're in tears, and they're driven to drink on the weekends. And, yeah, that's a, p- a point I think, oh, God, it's just not me. It, it's not just me. Um, it is, it, it's guys, and, and it's just it's so frustrating. Um, but like you say, you have the opportunity and by it sounds like it, you are making, uh, ways with just opening up, you know, avenues for people to talk and to try and do something about, you know, mental health. And yeah. I mean, people. as much as they say that, you know, women have no place in the job, so women are weak, women are too emotional, whatever, like that, like you said earlier, that's a benefit in many ways. Mm-hmm. It helps. I think it brings something to the table that, wasn't there before. Yeah. And I think a big reason why I have stayed is because I can see that they want me to stay. I think, I think on a big picture level, like they can see that the change that I'm pushing for will be good for everyone in the long term. Yeah. It just takes a little bit of faith in the short term to stick it out. It's going to be uncomfortable for a while. We're not going to like it. It's going to maybe cause some conflicts here and there that we didn't, we wouldn't have previously experienced otherwise, but it's, I honestly think it's for the greater good of the company for the people who are working within it. I don't want to leave this industry someday and be like, I didn't do the best that I could for the people that I worked with every day. Yeah. I want to be able to say that when I leave this industry someday. And, and is managed, like, are you going to stick with this? Like, is this something that, it sounds to me like you really have your head sorted in terms of you can see what's happening. You can see, you know, the reaction to your actions. I couldn't see that. I was fogged. I mean, it didn't help that I was nine months pregnant, but I, I couldn't emotionally. I just couldn't. <laughs> no. <laughs> until now. Nine months until, pregnant. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was, well, yeah. I, I worked, yeah. It was all this shit happened when um, I was between three to eight months pregnant so all those emotions as well but I couldn't see that and I think sometimes I get caught up with wanting to change the world and actually like you said it's that small you know it's that one person Um, and even now when I get a text message from someone that I've worked with previously or an apprentice and they've said oh I'm doing this now thank you so much for the help all the time that you put in and you gave me that is worth it like that's worth it a thousand times over and I think that's really important yeah it is really important yeah yeah I think we'll get overwhelmed if we try and make it about too much so yeah just for my own sanity I know that like my focus is just doing everything that I can for the people I work with for the people that we build homes for for the people that we report to making sure that in that micro world that microclimate that I'm doing everything that I can to make a difference because that's where I see my sense of purpose in the job. 
I started off wanting to be on the tools and working with wood. And while I still do, um, I think that the job has more meaning for me when I think about the people that are working with me rather than just this thing that I made. Mm, yeah. You know? Those relationships, like, you you don't forget, like, I, I have so many stories in books and people that I think back to and it's fun memories, even even if the job was bad, but you don't always remember what you've built or what projects you've been on or what site or what happened on the bad days. Um, yeah. At the end of the day, I think, I think lockdown's kind of bringing that to most people is we're you know we're social we're human beings we're, we're social and that's that's what it's about but sometimes in construction that gets forgotten um it does yeah and this has been incredible it's good that we're having these conversations yeah 100 percent. because i think we don't delve deep enough into this um and it's about being honest and yeah we don't always have the answers i think sometimes you go out there and you're looking you think oh, okay what's the answer to being a good manager and, and what can i do here and, and I, I can't be a manager because you know i i do go to the toilets and i cry every day and if it, no those things shouldn't stop you because you'll have other talents and and other things that you can offer the job and sometimes i think if you just want to make a change that's enough definitely um yeah yeah. You've got to do what's right for you within the circumstances that you're in. Yeah. I mean, what to, to kind of, I don't know what we're doing here on time. Yeah, this is, a, this is a long one. This is good. Um, What advice would you have for anyone out there now that's kind of like young Ellie starting out as an apprentice and coming through and thinking, right, I want to get into management. I want to do what's kind of your advice. What would you say to them? And you can't say don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> like you did to me. Oh, what, what advice would I give to my younger self? Um, someone coming up in the industry who wants to get into management, do it because it can be super rewarding. Mm -hmm. Like I think that that's the beauty of management is like you have the ability, you have, you have the capacity to really make a difference on a big, on a big scale, on a level that will affect a lot of people. So if that's something that you want, do it make sure your heart's in the right place, but also be realistic about what you can achieve within a certain time frame. That's something that I struggle with. It's like, well, I'd like to see this and this and this, but what is it going to take and what can I realistically do within the scope of my job description, my job title? So, um, and you also have to do the time. Like I wouldn't be in the position that I am in now if I didn't have the respect of the people that I work with. And I worked mm. super hard for that respect like they could see that I knew how to put my head down and do the work. No work was beneath me and I still will pick up a shovel and I'll, I'll pick up a broom and I'll sweep. I'll do whatever it takes to help get the job done. Yeah. So I think that's super important to establish that you're not above anybody else, that we're mm -hmm. all equals and that we all treat each other the same way. But yeah, it's like I'm very new to myself. So it's like I'm still learning about it, but I'm really excited about the possibilities there because I do think that for a lot of people who go into construction, it's not a chosen path. For me, it was, but I know that for a lot of people, it's not, but it doesn't have to stay that way. You can turn it into something that you can be really proud of, that you can go home and be happy about and feel like you're, you're creating meaning with your life. And I think going into a management position really helps with that. Yeah, I, I would 100% agree with that. I think... Um so many people say why why'd you do it why'd you do it because sometimes you get caught up on all the crap and you say the thing that brings me back is the relationships the job and you look back at what you've done and what you can achieve and that gives a huge sense of empowerment as well um totally and that's I think once you're in it it's so hard to leave because you keep getting drawn back in and 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 I don't know just throw a percentage out of there because I always feel like I don't get it right when I say to people, I'd say, oh, you know, like 80% of the time it's amazing, 20% of the time it's shit. What when would you it's give? shit, it's really shit. Yeah. <laughs> would you right? say that percentage is right or would you go like 50-50? <laughs> uh, no, I'm probably a little bit more, more optimistic than you are. Oh, okay, I want to say it's like 90% of the time it's okay. It's cool. okay. But I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like a really, uh, I'm very, not negative, but just like I... I have to really stop and think about something to really appreciate it for what it is. Mm -hmm. So I tend to be more like 
I'm definitely not optimistic when I'm at work. Like I, I don't realize what the good is until I actually stop to think about it and right. be grateful for it. So I want to say that, you know, for the most part, it's good. I think the, the people are great. The relationships that I have with these people are great and the dynamic and everything is great. The part that I really struggle with that I think is letting us all down is just the system of construction, the way that we conduct ourselves, our systems and processes. Yeah. It's limiting us in our ability to do a good job and also empower the people who are doing the work. Yeah, that's... I think for a lot of people, you, when you drive by a construction site and you see all these people working on a building, how many people do you think stop and think, so there's a whole bunch of people who are building a building, but they don't actually realize that these same people did not design the building. Mm. They had nothing to do with the design. That's something that I think is kind of unique to construction where you have one group of people who are doing the work and then you have another group of people who do the designing of the work mm. and they don't communicate. There's a disconnect there. Yeah. But even within those two fields, there's then further disconnect. Like exactly. Don't even get me started on, on drawings, like issuing drawings and, and having the right drawing. But then within that's the one thing that I really did struggle with, with project management was, so I was building a retail park and there was a Starbucks, a KFC and a petrol station, other bits. And so we had electricians, um, carpenters, pipe fitters. They, so all these different trades coming in. And it's almost like mind blowing to think on how effectively you're trying to manage these people. But then when you don't understand, because you physically can't understand how an electrician works. So like you think, right, go in and lay the cables. And he's like, well, I can't lay the cables because somebody's already put the flooring down and just simple little things like that. And then the job just goes to shit. And it's like, you're expected to know like a thousand people's jobs and try and mash them together and make them work on a project when you have come from somewhere that is so outside of all of those different trades. Yeah. So that in itself is a skill that only comes with time. It can, can't be ter- uh, can't be learned. And I think that's another thing that I've learned is when you go on site, you just try and soak up as much information about other people outside of your work to understand what goes into their job. And you can't, you can't do everything, yeah. but I think that's what's no. always been interesting. He's like every, there's, there's, it's hard to explain, isn't it? There's like so many different cogs in the machine and yeah. they don't all, they have to try and make them all tick at once, but they just don't. And that's where I think a lot of people just kind of just minds explode. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think managing that part of it for me is like understanding that these people are experts in the job that they do. Mm-hmm. And that's enough for me. Like yeah. I know I can go to this person and get that information. Yeah. I'm not going to try and understand all the ins and outs of how a sprinkler system works and, you know, um, all the different hardware that's required to do all of the steel stars. Like I just, I think about who's doing the job and being able to communicate to that person when this needs to happen at this point of the schedule, we need to just make sure we have that conversation that we're all on the same page. Yeah. And then understand what they need sure that- from you. Exactly. So that we can all discuss who needs what and make sure that we get, we do it in the most efficient way. Yeah. So yeah, I do think it would be very overwhelming if we were to try and think about, you know, every little nook and cranny of every sub trade that is doing their job. Yeah. It's understanding that they have the expertise. It's kind of like the building code. You know that the information is there. You don't need to know, memorize the information. You just need to know how to find it. Yeah. 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 It's very much. Yeah. Very. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't think, I think you're right. A lot of people would think of construction and until you've been in it, possibly won't understand or appreciate how many elements there are and how many different people are on site and how. No, it's, I I definitely took that for granted prior to getting into construction. I had no idea what I was getting myself into. I just wanted to build things with wood. And (laughs) what I do today is so far (laughs) removed from that. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. But the beast that that is also makes it so appealing. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, Ellie, you've been absolutely amazing um, and provided me with so much more insight into your world and you're no doubt going to help so many women with this podcast and just, yeah, talking about your honest feelings and what you're doing. And it is so relatable from from my point of view. Do you have any questions or any kind of last thoughts that you want to share? Yeah, I'd like to ask for the managers out there, for people who are in charge of people, foremen, team leaders, I'd like to ask, what are we doing to support the people who are working 
beneath us for the people who report to us? Are we doing everything that we can? Or even just one little thing that could be making a difference? Or are we just expecting for the wheel to turn around and around and around like it always has been? Yeah, just Just a little time and thought. Something to think about. Yeah, 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 no, definitely. Um, And it's something that I wasn't due back to work until September, but by the way things are going, it looks like I might be creeping back in sooner than that and um into management <laughs> so this Look is well time just made for that yeah yeah and <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but it's with guys that I know yeah so it should be fine um but that's going to make me think as well um it's a nice reminder to, to think about how we can impact and you know like we can only do what we can do within yeah. you know like it is overwhelming like I really struggle each day just to, just to like stay on top of like I start five of tasks and finish maybe half of one of them you know like it's just (laughs) there's just so much going on on any any given day especially on like commercial projects with just so many people and it's just it's it's controlled chaos in a sense but yeah like I I still have so many questions about the industry and what we can do to improve as an industry and I think a, a big part of that is just like understanding the limitations of what we can do as individuals and not allowing ourselves to become too overwhelmed by it. Yeah. And adding, you know, the human part to it that I think it's lost. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, Ellie, thank you so much for your time. You've been an amazing guest. Um, thank you for having me on. It's always yeah, a we, pleasure we to need to catch you. up more often. Like it's not going to be as long next time because I think your journey that you're on, you're going to have so much to, to be able to give to other women or other guys as well and, and to make a difference. So yeah, please, please keep us posted. If anyone out there that's listening, go and follow Ellie on Instagram. Uh, what's your handle, Ellie? I can't remember now. Are you still Ellie, Ellie? The Apprentice. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'll put all the links down in the show notes. And if anyone's got any questions, because I think on Anchor you can leave voice messages. So if anyone does have any questions on this episode, then feel free to to leave those. And between myself and Ellie, we'll hopefully be able to answer any questions. And yeah, awesome. Thank you so much for giving me your time on a weekend. I know time is precious and uh, stay in touch and um it was a pleasure thank you michelle no worries cheers ali take care okay